to Truth and Grace with John and Mark, where our hosts tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Thanks for joining us. Today, we'll be discussing part two of unmet expectations and how we should respond when God's plan doesn't line up with our plan. Welcome to today's podcast. I am John, and I'm joined by Mark. Uh, This is Truth and Grace, and today we are going to be talking about something that applies to everybody. We're going to be talking about times that we approach God, and sometimes we don't always get the answer to prayer in the way that we want. And so today, uh, Mark Renfro is, as many of you may know, was a missionary to the Middle East, uh, I would probably throw this out and saying we don't uh, really talk about modern day apostles, but he certainly has an apostolic ministry. Uh, he has gone to unreached people groups. He's been used by God in powerful ways. And so if you're out there going, man, sometimes I don't get the answers to my prayers the way that I want, you would think that a Mark Renfro, you know, uh, with the ministry that he's had over 30 some years, that God would answer every prayer just the way that he wanted. Um, but I wanted to start off today and just asking Mark. What do you do when you go to the scripture like everybody tells us to and pray God's word and believe God's word and then you pray according to God's word and you feel like, you know, God just didn't answer that prayer. I don't know if he heard the prayer. I don't know why he's not responding to my prayer. So, um, so great man of God, what do you do? What <laughs> yeah, do you right. do when you face you, those moments? Pra- God always answers my prayers exactly like I expect him to. Uh, yeah, no, not really. You know, I, it's a great question, John. And uh, I think for me, part of it just starts with the philosophy that he's God and I'm not. I know that sounds incredibly simplistic. Um, it's a lot more simple than it is to, easy to apply. Mm-hmm. Because at the tr- end of the day, more often than not, I really like to be God. And, you know, I would never s- tell people, you know, go out on the street, hey, I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, you know, when I want my way. Yeah. And if I'm not careful, I find myself using my prayer life as really a way of manipulating God to give me what I want. And so, you know, part of it starts out with the underlying philosophy that both of us accept from, you know, our, our understanding of God's covenant and the New Testament and how we are incredibly broken. We don't deserve anything from God. Everything we get from God is because of grace. And so there's not one thing I bring to the table that says to God, you have to do what I say you have to do. And so I think when I start out with that as a foundation, it helps because I'm acknowledging up front, I may not actually know what's best in my life. And, you know, he does. And now I'll I'll be honest and tell you sometimes what he thinks is right for my life and what feels right in my life, those don't always line up. I'm sure you've had the exact same situation or circumstances in your life where it it didn't feel like God was always good when stuff you're walking through. 100%. As a matter of fact, and this is probably one of the questions of our day where people go, okay, God can do anything. He's all powerful. And then we come behind that and we say, well, God, you're all loving. And then we go, well, if I was all loving and if I was all powerful, 
I really wouldn't maybe, you know, do some of the things or allow some of the things that you allow. So, uh, I mean, just kind of going to that God complex that we probably all, you know, I think it was Adam's sin is wanting to be God and call the shots. So when you find yourself in that place and going, God, you're just not dealing with this situation the way that I would like emotionally, just as a person, how do you navigate through that and go, God, I really have to surrender this to you because I'm finding it very difficult in this moment? It's a, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I wish I couldn't answer from personal experience. <laughs> I wish I couldn't, but I can. Yep. You know, I remember a few years ago where Amy and I were going through some situations with life and ministry and family and i mean you know you have you heard the old expression you know smile it could be worse i smiled it got worse <laughs> that's what it felt like you know it's like it went from one thing to another thing to another thing i i mean i literally felt like job yep. like you know it, every it seemed like every single area of my life that the enemy could hit yep. he was hitting and and i remember praying a psalm type prayer because you know the the psalms one of the things that makes them so rich for me is that the psalmists don't hold back mm. i mean when they're mad they express their anger yep not just about people but at god you know and and i remember praying and actually saying to god you claim to be a good father yep i want to be a good father i think on most days i'm a good father but the truth is, if I let my kids suffer the way you're letting me suffer, I think DHS could come in and say I was an abusive father. That's what yeah. it felt like. You know, and, and so in that moment, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there dealing with my own painful reality of what life feels like. Yep. At the same time, God's word is true and unchangeable. Yeah. His character is true and unchangeable. And so it came down to a matter of faith. Yep. Where I had to actually just in my heart resolve, do I believe God is good? Do I believe he is all powerful? And if so, I have to accept that and acknowledge that if anybody in this equation needs to change, it's yep. me, not God. Yep. And so, you know, part of that came down to the fact of not interpreting my circumstances in the light of this one moment. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think you and I have actually at one point had a conversation about this. You know, we lived in the Middle East for a lot of years and they're famous for their rugs, <laughs> you know, and we have a few that we brought back with us from the Middle East, and they're they're beautiful. Did you pieces. say a few? I've seen quite a few. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Maybe my wife is obsessed. Uh, uh, so we have these nice rugs in our home, and you know, if you look at the backside of these rugs, they're ugly. Yeah. I mean, they you just from the maker's perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's the side they see. It's incredibly, they're they're just, they're not pretty at all. You flip them around to the other side and they're gorgeous. And I feel like that's a lot of times life. We're looking at it from the backside. We don't see what God 
who has perspective from both sides is doing. And so, you know, he's working on the front side of the rug and all we can see is the back side of the rug. And so I think it's a very long answer. Sorry for that that question. But I think at the end of the day, for me, it just came down to the fact that I have to acknowledge in my heart that God is good. And if my circumstances seem to say otherwise, I have to say that God is good, but he is doing something in my life that's beyond these circumstances. Mark, that was a long answer, but it was a good answer. And what I like about it is it really speaks, you know, just like the Psalms. What One of the things I love about the scripture is that it's so honest and it doesn't put God in this place of like he's untouchable or everything that happens in life is perfect. When you read through the scriptures, you have these great men and women of faith that could see this unmovable, unchangeable God, mm-hmm. and yet uh, circumstances didn't always work out for people in the Bible. I I cannot tell you, and if you're watching today, you got two guys with gray hair. Um, <laughs> we've been around the block a few times. How many times in my life I could look back at situations that I thought, God, where are you at? Because it seems like you're not listening to what I'm saying, only to have a few months or years later and you look back and you go, you know what? He was working through things all the time. And my eyes and what I was seeing was so finite, mm-hmm. but what God was seeing was infinite. And he was producing these incredible results and this incredible plan that was far beyond, like, like you're saying with the Oriental, so far beyond what yeah. I could see with my eyes. So n- another quick question yep. for you. So where do you go through in the scriptures? There may be a scripture in the Bible that you look to that really helps to embody uh, this idea of when things aren't working out the way that I want. H- how do I go to the Bible and go, okay, here's a place that I can see mm-hmm. that gives me instructions on how to behave or walk through those moments of disappointment when I don't see God uh, maybe working in my life in the way that I thought that he should? That's a good question. Um, wow, let me think. It's a long so, question. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a good question. And, um, you know, I think three scriptures kind of pop in my mind. And so the first one would be an interesting passage, at least for me, that I hold on to is, I think it's First Kings 18. It's the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. So the prophets of Baal are there, Elijah's there, and, you know, the, the what a modern-day language, Elijah says, you pray, I'll pray, we'll see who answers. <laughs> but implicit in that is that the prophet is expecting God to answer, yep. not because he deserves it, but because God is going to prove his own character. Yep. In this. So I believe that if we are in relationship with God, if we are in covenant with God, mm-hmm. we can expect that God actually wants to answer our prayers. That's right. So I start with that. You know, yep. God wants to answer my prayers. Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples and he says, you know, you or actually he's just talking to a broader group of people. He says, but you as evil fathers. <laughs> want to give good gifts to your children. You know, if your son asks for, you know, a fish, you're not going to give him a serpent. So, and he goes, how much more your heavenly father, 
that if you ask for him, he will give you good gifts. Now, the context there, he's talking directly about the Holy Spirit. But the principle is there that God wants to give us good gifts. So implicit in all of this is God is good. If we're in relationship with him, he wants to answer our prayers. You know, he he wants to bless us. But then I can't end there because if I just ended there, it would be like, okay, then, you know, I want to win the lottery, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or I want, you know, you know, whatever, you know, we all have those things, you know, I have no desire to win the lottery. Uh, I just want the money that would come with the lottery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you got to buy a ticket. I don't really want to spend the money to buy a ticket. (laughs) So, you know, um, but, you know, so it, but I I, I can't end with that. So then I end with James, Yeah. you know. James says to the, you know, the early church, you don't have because you don't ask. Yeah. Okay. So we're supposed to ask. We've already talked about that. God's good. He wants to answer our prayers. But then you don't, when you do ask, you don't get because you ask selfishly. Yeah. And so there's that idea of, I want God to answer, but I only want him to answer as I want him to answer. (laughs) I, I don't want him to give me what he knows is good. I want to give, I want him to give me what I want. Yeah. And if anything life has proven to me is that my wants and what I actually need from a good God are not always the same. Yeah, it is definitely there's a tension there of of understanding because there's that part where you go where you have some people that are like, I prayed it, I asked for it, and now I receive it. And and listen, many times that's happened in my life. Mm And then you have the, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, sure. And then they go, oh, king, you know, you're going to throw us into this fire and God can deliver us. But even if he, he doesn't, doesn't exactly. he's still God and we're never going to bow to your idol. Yep. So I know of a story of a, of a young boy at Christmas time that wanted a toy. And instead of getting the toy, the grandparent got them a $5,000 scholarship for their college. Mm. Well, of course, the kid opens up the scholarship and was like, I didn't get my toy. All I got was this $5,000 scholarship <laughs> for college. And you can understand how a child would feel sure, that way of course. until it's college time. Mm. And when it's time to go to college and all of a sudden over the years that $5,000 has grown, mm. all of a sudden what seemed to be not the greatest gift in the world, but on the other side of it as time goes on, you go, that was exactly the mm. gift. And, man, that was better than whatever gun or toy yeah, sure. or Legos I was going to get when <laughs> I was a kid. And I think that sometimes it's that way with the Lord mm. is that at moments we think, God, I asked for this. I didn't really get what I wanted. But over the course of time, so often we see God working in such powerful ways mm-hmm. that has a transformative effect um, in, in our lives. Yeah, sure. I think with time and wisdom comes perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so as we're kind of closing up with our last question, I just wanted to find out with all the years of being in, in the Middle East and ministry, and we've talked about some things that are maybe more frivolous, mm-hmm. but, man, you've been in situations where you're in unreached people groups mm-hmm. and persecuted churches, and I know that you've been in situations where you're praying, God, you know, I have my friend who's in jail. Yeah. I have my friend who's being persecuted, and, Lord, would you deliver them? And maybe if there's a specific thing that you could talk about in a way that you go, you know, that prayer wasn't answered exactly the way that I wanted, but mm-hmm. I saw God do something really spectacular. Any 
thing like that you might be able to share with us today to maybe encourage people that are praying for something right now and maybe they're not getting the answer to their prayers the way that they thought sure. it should come? Yeah, well, um, you know, I have this friend that you've heard me talk about a number of years. He's a mm. pastor in the Middle East, been in jail for his faith, um, all of that. And um, I remember him telling me years ago about a, a vision he had about what God was going to do in his life. And, you know, he had, he had in his mind, you know, he, he, the, the words he actually heard were, I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. <laughs> well, wow. comes from the book of Isaiah. Mm. And, you know, he was like, and he said, in my mind, I was thinking, what does that mean? You know, and treasures of darkness. And, you know, and he started going through like all the people groups in his country that, that needed the gospel. And, and he said, I didn't, he didn't have that his country was pretty isolated. So he didn't have a lot of exposure to Western Christianity, but he knew a little bit. And mm -hmm. he said, he kind of saw himself as like this mega church pastor, you know, in mm -hmm. a, which was probably not realistic because we're talking yeah. about a place where the church was pretty much underground, mm -hmm. but he had this idea of, you know, him standing up in front of thousands of people and preaching to them and looking out and all these people were all God's <laughs> treasures of darkness. That's you all know. our prayers. Yeah, as, exactly. As leaders, Every yeah. pastor, you know, has that image <laughs> and, you know, and so in his mind, he said his heart was like leaping, you know, as he thought mm -hmm. about this. Um, and it was only a few weeks after he had this vision um, where he felt like God had put this in his heart that he actually got arrested mm. and put in jail and persecuted, I mean, tortured for his faith. Oh. Um, and he was held in a very small cell that was three meters by two meters. Um, so about nine feet by six feet, but he shared it with six other men. Whoa. And no furniture. They sat on the floor, concrete floor. They'd been stripped down to their underwear. That's all they had. Um, wow. And they're sitting in this context and in the darkness. No lights. They turned the lights off. So the only time they ever saw light wow. was when they opened the door to bring in food, take out the bucket, which was the toilet, or to take somebody out to torture them. That was the only time they ever saw light. Oh, my goodness. And he said, in the midst of all of this, he said... I would was sitting in the floor one day, didn't know if it was daytime, nighttime, because no way of knowing what time of the day it was, but he was awake. He was sitting on the floor. He was praying, and he said, while he was praying, God said, these men around you are my treasures of darkness. <laughs> that did not come the way he was expecting. Absolutely it? <laughs> not. God fulfilled yeah. his prayer. Yeah. God fulfilled his vision. God fulfilled his word, but not in a way that he expected. He expected grand, and instead he got deep. Wow. And this friend of mine would tell you, he said, I went into prison with a burden for Muslims. I left wow. prison with a love for Muslims. Praise God. And those are two different things. Yeah. Now, if I can make this, that sounds, you know, I'm not sure how much our audience can relate to that because of the context we live in. It's a great story, and it touches Amen. my heart and I think it touches others Amen. but on a personal level um, you know I, I know God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and yet I have some children who are not walking with Jesus yeah. and I have prayed I have cried 
I have agonized. I have interceded. I get every word you want to use. I know. You know, yeah. I pray every day, sometimes multiple times a day for these kids. And I have been praying for them for a long time. And some days, honestly, John, most days, it feels like they move further away wow. from God than closer. Yep. And so two things come in that. One, I just have to hold on in faith. Yep. You know, I know God loves them more than I love them. God wants to have a good plan for their life. You know, I realize that in order to get their attention, God may have to do some things that as a father, I would like to protect them from. Just as we close, um, it takes me back to a conversation Amy and I had recently about this subject. And we were talking about this and God reminded me that in, in Amy's adolescent years and then my about a 10 year gap in my life from like the time I was 12 to the time I was 22, I was far away from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, about as far as a human being could get from God. And God brought both of us back to himself and it had nothing to do with our parents. Oh, well. God was at work in our lives apart from our, and so what that did is it just all of a sudden it like took the burden off of me. Not the burden to not pray, but it took, I can't control this. Yep. And I don't need to because just like God worked in my life independently and privately from my parents who I know were praying, yep. God's working in my own kids' lives. And so I think going back to this question about what do we do when we we're praying and we don't feel like we're getting the answer, I just want to remind myself and I want to remind others that God's not done. Amen. Amen. Mark, thank you for the transparency. You know, I I really think that stories like that can really um, hit home with people to see somebody who's walked with God for years and still going through some of the trials and the difficulties. So thank you for uh, just the transparency of sharing uh, some of those personal battles that you've gone through. And uh, um, just as we're closing with uh, Truth and Grace with John and Mark, we want to pray for you because I, I sense that there's some of you that may be watching today and you're going through your own battles. Uh, maybe it's unreached people groups. Maybe you're going through a huge issue in your life that you need prayer for. Or maybe you're just going through some uh, moments that, that are just very difficult for you to understand or see God in the middle of, of things. And I want you to know today God's character and nature is well in place. He is Lord of all, and he has power and authority to work in, in greater ways than what you could think or imagine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those circumstances, I, you know, I would say to people in our church as a pastor that, you know, it, it's not the mountaintops that we necessarily grow uh, in, the, in the greatest ways, but sometimes it's through the valleys and it's through the hardship. And, you know, uh, maybe you're walking through a valley today. Maybe you're trusting God. And yes, God answers prayer. I have seen God do the miraculous and he has the power to do that. But there are moments that we go through things that we don't understand, those are the moments that we trust in him in the greatest. So let me pray for you. Mm-hmm. Father God, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. God is is so, so incredible, Lord. Lord, your grace and your mercy and your kindness. And God, you see things we don't see. We're, we're looking on the other side of that rug, and sometimes we don't see the beauty of what the end of all the things are, but we know, Lord, in, in your infinite 
plan for our lives, that God, you see not just the beginning, but you see the end. So we take our wayward children and we give them to you. Lord, we take situations that we're praying, whether it's health issues or financial issues or work issues, and God, we put them before you. And God, we pray that you would move in a, in a powerful and supernatural way, whether that means getting the answer to the prayer in the way that we're asking or the way that we think it should be answered, or God, if you're working in ways that are higher than our ways, that Lord, that we would always trust in the unchangeable uh, um, sovereignty of God. We put our trust in your character and your nature. We love you today. And we thank you, God, that you answer every prayer and that you meet every need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Mark has given us some really great and uh, valuable tools for life and navigating through our difficulties. Hey, if you get a chance, like or share uh, this podcast with maybe somebody that you know that's going through some difficult moments, and we look forward to, to seeing you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. I hope you were as encouraged as I was. Join us next time for another discussion about living, loving, and leading in a broken world.